Good morning, everybody. Well, our icebreaker joke this morning is here on our screen. Most of the new arrivals in heaven seem incapable of conversation. They just stare at their hands in despair. <laughs> Very rele relevant in our world today with our little devices. <sighs> well, last time I preached, um, we are in Revelations. We're finishing up the story. And um, I talked about how Jesus is a home run hitter. Uh, Never give it up. And how our trials in our lives are only 10 days type of trials. Well, today, uh, I wanted to point out another aspect in Revelations um, that I found interesting and I wanted to focus on. So we're going back to Revelations today. And in Revelations, there are these four creatures... And they're also in Ezekiel. And these four creatures have what? These four different faces, right? Kind of an interesting thing going on there. They have the face of, one of them has the face of man. One of them has the face of an ox. One of them has the face of an eagle. And another, the face of a lion. And they do an interesting thing. They, they follow the spirit wherever the spirit goes. And the creature goes that direction, but it never turns. It goes in that direction. Whatever face is where the spirit is, that's where it goes. So if it's the face of the man, it's following the spirit. If the spirit's going that way, if it's the face of the lion and the spirit's going that way, it follows the spirit. Another interesting thing about these creatures is they're continually going higher and higher and higher. And in my natural mind, I'm like, eventually they have to hit the ceiling. But then the Spirit reminds me that I am an infinite God and there is no ceiling in my kingdom. So God takes us higher and higher in our understanding of certain things in Scripture. And there's one I want to focus on this morning, but let's do a brief explanation of each of these faces. There's the ox, the face of the ox, which... Um, means serving others, um, carrying the load, the weight, responsibility, and even sacrificing one's life. And then there's the lion. The lion represents strength, courage, and kingly stature. And then there's the face of man. The face of man represents Jesus, the son of man. And Jesus himself refers to himself as the son of man 82 times in the Bible. And some of those are repeats in the Bible through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but it's mentioned 82 times. So Jesus is the son of man. And here's the point. I know it refers to Jesus and everything Jesus is with this one. I believe that God is trying, though, to highlight a certain aspect of a particular face this morning. As I was studying, and that's one thing when we want the Lord to reveal things in Revelation to us, to take us higher and higher in that following the Spirit and worshiping Him, we really need to pay attention. And sometimes it's just a single word. 
a single word that is spoken to us. And that's what I want to share about this morning, about the eagle. In this, in this message this morning, I believe that God is having me zero in on the eagle and how the eagle represents worship. But we're going to even go a little more laser focused on it and zero in on a particular area of worship. And I don't think I've ever used this through the Bible, in teaching in the Bible, on worship. But I was reading this year, I read through the Bible, but this year I'm reading through the Bible with the message translation. But first, before we read the message translation of a particular verse, let's read the King James Version. This is Psalms 40, verse 3. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear with great reverence and will trust confidently in the Lord. Now, the word trust here is talking about abandoning ourselves to God. Now, let's read the message translation, Psalms 40, verse 3. He taught me how to sing the latest God song, a praise song to God. More and more people are seeing this. They enter into, they enter the mystery, abandoning themselves to God. They enter the mystery, abandoning themselves to God. That would be a full trust in God. This just spoke to me profoundly, and I hope today that as well, God takes you higher and higher in this perspective of abandoning yourself to God. A lot of times, even in worship, do you find, this happened to me last night, it was kind of funny, because um, it was along the message uh, title, is just like it happened this morning, but a young lady last night yelled out, Jesus! And I mean, it shook the place. I mean, I was, I was trembling. And there was just such power when she yelled out the name Jesus. But immediately in my mind, I'm like, okay, I must remain in control because I have to deliver the message tonight. This is good, God, but I need to stay in control. And so we do that just as worship as an example. This morning, the worship was just wooing you in, just saying, abandon all your cares, abandon all your worries, give it all to me, abandon it to me. Worship me fully, release it, trust me. I have complete control. In other words, we like to be in control. We like to come in control, and we like to leave in control, don't we? And I say to you this morning, you have not worshipped fully when you haven't abandoned yourself to God. That's worship. That's an encounter with God when you abandon yourself to him. Let me give you a few definitions of abandonment from the dictionary. Merriam-Webster's dictionary says abandon. To give up with the intent of never again claiming a right or interest in. Abandon property. Abandon ship. Never taking ownership in it anymore. 
Another definition from Webster says to give up to the control or influence of another person, to give up the control or influence of another person or agent. So you're giving up the control to someone else. So I'm telling you this morning with the eagle in worship, abandonment, is to give it up to who? To God. Now you may say, well, I need to take care of myself. How do I do that if I'm just giving everything to God? Now I understand there, there are certain aspects of taking care of ourselves. And even one of the fruits of the Spirit is what? Self-control. But self-control is what? A fruit of the Spirit. It's something that the Holy Spirit produces in us when we what? Give up control. He produces self-control in us through his spirit when we give up control to him. We are abandoning ourselves to God. It's like you're literally just taking yourself and you're picking it up and you're saying, here you go. Full control, God. Everything of me is yours. And just letting it go. And letting Jesus take care of it. You haven't been fully released in worship until you abandon yourself to God. That's where true peace and joy come from. That's when you feel the release from worry. That's where you feel the release from fear. That's where you feel the release from anxiety, depression, sadness. All of those come from when we're in control and not releasing it to Jesus. When God is in control, there is that peace and joy. So why won't people abandon themselves more? I asked. And it's a form of control. When I worked at, uh, well, I still work at Sherm's. <laughs> I shouldn't say when I worked at Sherm's. Not prophesying that, I guess. Um, anyways, uh, when I was a manager at Sherm's, I work in a different department now. Um, there was a young man that worked at our customer service desk. And um, he was a PK kid. And he was going through some things in his life. And I had recently just gone through that whole ordeal at the store and with the accident and stuff. But I, God had released some amazing tools in that. And one of them was soaking in worship. That just uh, became such a tool to allow myself to abandon the anxiety attacks that I was having, the fear attacks. And uh, Joel had really seen this happening. And so he came to me one night, and he was, you know, because I worked till 10, he worked till 10, and he was just like, what, what has changed? How have you been able to let this go. And this young man always wore long sleeves, even during the summer. Well, come to find out, Joel was cutting himself. Well, that's a form of control, or a false control the enemy gives us, because you can control the pain that you're receiving and inflict. And it also actually makes you feel connected, something that makes you feel connected because you feel and in control of it. 
And he was experiencing this because of some of the stuff that was going, he, had, he felt like he had no control over it in his life. But this was something that he had control over. And I says, I'll tell you what, I'll call my wife. We'll, we'll go after work. Pastor Dan didn't know this at the time. And we went down to Holly Street Chapel. We used Pastor Dan's office. I laid him out on the couch and we put on some soaking worship music. And I just began to pray the spirit over him while he listened to that music. Wave after wave, you know, tears and joy, just tears and joy just washing over him as he began to abandon control of those areas in his life. And they just began to wash over him, wash over him, wash over him. And there was freedom that came. We did this several sessions, and, you know, and then he just totally changed. You know, he's since moved on from the store, you know, but totally different person. But just allowing that trust to come in. But how do we, how do we know to trust God? How do we know to release to God that, that, that trust in him, to abandon ourselves to him? We have to know his character. We have to know God's character because the more we know his character, the more we can trust him. So what do I want to do this morning is to go over three points about God's character to strengthen our understanding to allow us to feel more comfortable to abandon ourselves to God. And here's some three character traits of God to help us trust him more. First one is omnip omnipotence, which means omni, which all. Potence means powerful. Our God is what? All-powerful. God had all power. He's omnipotent, power. He's all-potent. He has the full formula. It's not some half formula that only gets 98%. No, he's all-powerful. It's not just some power. It's not that he just has most of the power. He has what? He has all the power. And when that begins to dawn on you in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit, that God has all the power, there's a realization that you don't need to have control, right? God has all the power. I can release control to him because he has power over all of it. I thought about a biblical illustration here, and it's a familiar one. It's about Abraham and Isaac. When God asked him to what? Sacrifice his son. Here's what the Hebrews tells us. It says, Abraham did it knowing and concluding that God was even what? Able to raise Isaac from the dead. So the way we could give up control was, that he could give up control was the realization that I can do this because I serve a God that's all-powerful. He's an all-powerful God and he is asking me to do it. And I know that through Isaac, my seed is coming. So I know that no matter what, there's a promise of God through Isaac, Isaac that he's gonna, my seed is going to come. So no matter what's going to happen, I know that God is all-powerful to even raise my son from the dead. But let me show you how worship comes into play here. So Abraham is taking Isaac, and he's walking up, and he's about to walk through and he has the firewood, and he says this little line to the guys that are with him, and he tells them, you stay here, and then he says this in Genesis 22, 5. 
the lad and I will go yonder and worship. He's, what is he saying here? We're going to go abandon ourselves to God, to the control of the Almighty, and everything will be okay. Who's your provider? Because in reality, you're really not in control. What are you abandoning yourself to today? Are you abandoning yourself to money? Are you abandoning yourself to your job? Are you abandoning yourself to those worry, anxiety, fear, depression? What's in control? But God wants us to abandon ourselves to him and yield control to him. There's a joke that Nathan told me a couple weeks ago, and like I said, I'm always really paying attention, even more so before I preach. I mean, I'm paying attention, but I'm really focused into what God's saying. And Nathan told this joke about this, this woman and her son walking along the beach. And this is how we like to be in control of every situation. And a wave comes up and swallows up her son and takes him away. And she's like, God, what are you doing? Why did you take my son? You said you would always protect us. You would keep us safe. What have you done? You've taken my son away from me. Immediately after that, the wave comes back and whoosh, her son's placed perfectly back on the beach, not even wet. (laughs) The woman turns to God and said, he was wearing a hat. (laughs) And that's how we are. We want to be in some aspect of control when God is all-powerful in every situation. You know what? Another story real quick. um, About a month and a half ago um, or more, a certain individual started coming back to church. That's important to me. And and I have several people that's important to me. But this particular one had come back. And I had been here in the 930 service. and And Pastor Dan was just... He was preaching a great sermon. I mean, man, I know this person is coming. I know this message is for this person. And man, this is going to be really good for them. Man, God, this is going to be great. Well, the 11 o'clock service at the time comes along, and that person shows up, and worship's going on, and Pastor Dan gets up to preach, and he's preaching along. And the part I'm thinking, this is what that person needs to hear, you know, that they can reconnect with God. That person gets up and leaves the room. I'm like, God, what are you doing? Why is that person leaving the room? This is the part that they need to hear. Don't you know what you're doing? He knew what he was doing. When that person left that room, they were caught by someone else. That spoke to them what they needed to hear. That person did not return till the end of the service. And that person was in tears. God is in control. I'm not in control. So we yield control to the all-powerful God. Second point, omniscience, all knowledge. Now, if you look at the word again, we see the word omni, which is all, and then you see the word science. All science means knowledge. He has all knowledge. Now, I know there's a big deal in our society right now that 
especially with uh, some of the upper people, follow the science, follow the science, follow the science. But I'm not here to make a political statement here this morning. But I want to let you know that the only scientist that has all the knowledge is God, is God in heaven. And that's who we should follow. That's who we should follow. Because some scientists are right, but some scientists are wrong. That's why they develop a theory, a scientific theory. And they try to prove it whether it's right or wrong because they don't have the answers all the time. But I can tell you that our God has the answers. And we need to yield control to an all-knowing God. He has all the knowledge. In 2 Samuel, we find David leaving the city after being king for many years because Absalom, his son, is trying to take over the kingdom. And so David leaves, and he's, he's going to let God take care of it. And on his way out, he notices um, Zadok. And Zadok has the Ark of the Covenant here. And he tells Zadok, his high priest, take the ark back to the city because if God wants to, he can bring me back. And if not, then this is what he says in 2 Samuel 15, 26. Let him do to me as seems good to him. Let him do to me as seems good to him. So what is David saying here? God knows more than I do. God knows more than I do, so I trust him. Let him do whatever he wants to do. Now remember, I told you Abraham yielded control, and then we saw that he did what? Worshiped God. Now let me show you what happens a few verses later here in 2 Samuel 15, 32. Now it happened when David had come to the top of the mountain where he worshiped God. And let me tell you a little bit more. We started out in Psalms 40 there. And who, who wrote Psalms 40? David did. It says even at the top of this chapter, the Psalm of David to the chief musicians is what the title says here. And do you know that most theologians believe that he wrote this Psalm where? Right here in 2 Samuel when he's running from Absalom. And you know what he said? God put a new song in my mouth. And I'm not just going, and I'm not just going to abandon himself to him. I'm going to give up complete control to him. We're talking about giving up control to God. We're not just talking about, we're not just, we're not just giving up control, but giving up control to who? God, who is all-powerful and has all knowledge. Now, when my son was younger, we used to go on these Royal Ranger outings. And part of the Royal Ranger outing was to teach um, survival training. And so we would teach him how to build a shelter and how to um, find water, how to build a fire, and also to just to be prepared when you go hiking out in the woods, just to have some few necessity things just in case you get lost. Well, using that analogy, let me tell you a story. Let's say you were lost in the woods, and you're, it's starting to get dark. You'd forgot your, you know, your provision pack, and, and uh, you don't have access to any water. You haven't found a stream all day, and you need to get some water. You need to find some dry wood, and you need to find some shelter or even build some shelter. 
find a cave or something. And along comes Jesus, walking in the woods. He shows up, and it's really Jesus. You can see the nails in his hands and feet. And Jesus is, uh, says, hey, I know you need shelter, and I know you need some firewood, so let's go this way. Right over here, there's a cave for shelter. But you turn to him and say, well, Jesus, I've already been that way, and there's no cave over there. I'm headed this way. And Jesus says, well, that's nice. <laughs> but don't you know that I'm the one that created these woods? Don't you know that I'm the one that probably knows that there's a cave over there? That maybe you missed it? But then you might say to Jesus, well, I have this compass, and this compass says north is this way, and we should be headed that way. And Jesus would say to you, well, don't you know that I created north? And I created the very magnetic field that controls that little needle in your compass? Don't you know that I created that? I created it. Will you just be quiet for a second? Because you know what? I know more than you know. Now I would say, well, if I was in the woods, and maybe you would say this too, and Jesus came walking along, I wouldn't argue with him. I would say liar. I'd say liar to myself. How many times has Jesus come along and we've argued with him? We've tried to maintain that aspect of control. We thought that we knew more than what he knew or a better way. How many times have we done that? That's why we need to worship in abandonment to him. Because when you truly worship him, this mystery happens. When you truly worship him in abandonment, this mystery happens. The mystery is you abandon yourself to God. God steps in and takes over and leads you out of the woods. So he's all-powerful and he's all-knowledgeable. Number three, omnipresent. He's all-present. God is all-present. Everywhere at all times. When you think about his omnipresence, you might remember a scripture in Hebrews 13, 5, it says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, there is that key part, I will never leave you, forsake you. But my mind got thinking about here too, that part right before that, for he himself has said, and I got thinking, well, where did he himself say? Have you ever thought about that? Where did he himself say? Well, one particular area I found was when Joshua was getting ready to succeed Moses. And God says to Moses twice to tell Joshua this. And he also says it to Joshua once after Moses dies. In Deuteronomy 31.6, he says, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Deuteronomy 31.8, And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. 
He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. And then after Moses had passed, he shows up to Joshua personally and he says in Joshua 1.5, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Now, I said true worship is abandonment to God, and we saw that Abraham worshiped, we saw that David worshiped. So where did jo Joshua worship? Joshua 5, 13 through 13 says, And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, Jericho <laughs> that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? So he said, No, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, What does the Lord say to his servant? Joshua fell to the earth and abandoned control. And he said to him, what does the Lord say to his servant? And I believe what he was saying here, did you notice in that verse that it said, after he asked that question, are you for us or for our adversaries? The response was just no. Did he answer the question? Yeah, he did. You know what he's for? He's for both sides laying down control so that he's in full control. That's what he's for. He's, he's for each side saying, I lay down everything of me, everything that I'm going through. I'm not going to fight anymore. I'm going to lay it all down, and we're going to allow God to be in control. I see this with married couples when they come to us sometimes. They always are trying to get you to pick a side. Well, this is my story. See how wrong they were? Well, this is my story. See how wrong they were? God's saying, no, lay it all down. Allow me to be in control and allow me to heal the situation and walk you out of the woods. The only way it works is when Jesus is in control. He's all-powerful, he's all-knowledgeable, and he's all-present. And God, in the end, honored Abraham's commitment. He walked his own son up the hill. And he didn't hold back there. His son laid down his life for us so that God didn't have that, there wasn't that separation, and we could go before him and fully abandon ourselves to God and one final thing I just want to show you so you can either be at peace and have joy in the lap of God abandoning yourself to worshiping him like this picture of my wife here all the animals as soon as she sits down and this is how it should be with us and God we should just come and sit in the lap of the father and just enjoy that time with him but so many times we want control of the hair tie. 
as this next picture shows. There's one of our animals that every time my wife sits down, jumps up at the back of the couch and wants to get the hair tie out of the back of my wife's hair. And that's how it is sometimes in our life. We're wrestling God for control of the hair tie. And that's what it's like. But he's saying, child, lay it all down. Lay it all down. I am all powerful. I am all knowing. I am all present. Worship me. One last story for closing is Ella had her last baseball game to wrap it all in. So we are looking for that home run hit. She gets up to bat. Ball. Strike. Strike. Now we have two strikes. There's a runner on second and third. Strike three. We think the game is over. But there's a weird rule in pitching, um, fast pitch softball. It's called third pitch strike drop ball. The catcher did not catch the ball. So it drops out of the mitt. First, Ella is just standing there. But then our whole team is like, run! <laughs> she takes off running for first base. They overthrow first base. She runs to second base. She rounds to third. They throw to third. The third baseman misses the ball. She runs home. She gets her home run hit or home run strikeout. <laughs> and you know what? That's what's so cool about God. We think it's all over, but if we give full control over to him, it will still be a home run. He's a home run hitter. Never give it up. Never give it up. Let's invite our worship team back up here. And as the worship team comes this, mo this morning, <laughs> as this ending song, I just want you to, as they sing this song, that's uh, Yeshua, which is Jesus. There's all power in the name of Jesus. And I just want you to take all anxiety, all control in every area. I just want you to lay it at his feet as they sing this song and just allow that to wash over you as they sing this this morning. Just release it all to God. He has full control in your life. Amen.
let's stand up. Unless you're bowing down. <laughs> stand up. God has been manifested here by His Spirit and the Word, His tangible presence, His manifest presence. We are tasting of Him. We've tasted of Him. Could be that you're here and you're thinking, man, I need to turn over a new leaf. Well, God doesn't want you to turn over a new leaf. He wants to give you a new life. He wants to put a life principle within you that's alive, that's resurrected. Resurrection Jesus life. Your spirit without Christ is dead. And if you die in that state, that will last forever. Weeping, gnashing of teeth, outer darkness. It's, it's imperative that every single one of us have a moment we can identify where we called on the name of the Lord Jesus to be saved. Three times the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. You must be born again. You must be born from above. Do that today. Do that before you leave this auditorium. Do this before you leave your home today. Call on Jesus to save you and then text or call that Christian friend that's been praying for you. They will help disciple you to Jesus and grow in the supernatural joy and peace and love that is your destiny and your right. Let's have all of us put our hands on our hearts right now. I want to declare a blessing over us before we go. Thank you, Jeremiah, for that wonderful word. Thank you, Jesus, for that wonderful word today. Thank you, Sonia and team, for the amazing worship. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for showing up so mightily today. Here's the blessing. Receive this into your deepest soul, your deepest spirit. I declare that you and your family are this day powerfully and amazingly blessed of the Lord. That God is always giving you and yours continual safety and good health. That you are in the Father and that the Father is in you and that the Father himself loves you with an everlasting, infinite love. That no curse or evil communication shall ever be successful against you and that no weapon ever formed against you will prosper because you are the favored of the Lord. I declare that in the face of life's challenges and life's difficulties, you will always have wisdom to succeed and to prevail and that you will always have a supernatural strength to persevere, that your youth will always be renewed like that of an eagle and that God is always and evermore opening doors of opportunity for you that no man can ever, ever close. I declare over you that you are blessed right now with all of these things and with the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ and in his name, I say these are yours in your personal now. Amen and amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next time.